Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we are giving an early prospect fit for all 32 teams in the NFL. Yes, that includes you, Carolina Panthers and Cleveland Browns fans. We're even going into day two. We're going through all of the teams and giving you one prospect, but we're having a good conversation about it. It's kind of an updated team needs and just pairing that with a player that really comes to mind that we think could really help these NFL teams. I'm Trevor Sycamore. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sycamore. That is Connor Rogers joining you guys for a midweek episode. And I teased that I had a pretty good idea at the end of last show. And I didn't want to say it on the show because if Connor hated the idea and we weren't going to do it, then I was going to feel really self-conscious about it when and it was going to be it was going to be bad. Bad for my self-esteem. But he loved it. And the idea is well, you guys can see the title. It is an early prospect fit for all 32 teams in the NFL. So we have a decent look at what the draft order is right now. Obviously, there's a lot of things that are going to change. But as the draft order kind of sits, we've got early prospects that we would love for each of these teams to have. So, Connor, I'm excited about this one. Glad that you liked it, buddy, because I think that this is going to be something that it could appeal to all of our listeners, no matter who they are a team or no matter who they are a fan of. And it's, you know, good NFL draft exercise. So I like it. I loved it. It's honestly full transparency. It was really good homework. Like I sat down Tuesday night and because I haven't done this exercise yet and went through rosters of needs of and it, you start going through when guys contracts expire, you start going through who might be grading out, you know, poorly for a team. And, and right. this isn't super in the weeds, but this was the first time of this season Besides, I did one mock draft for NBC Sports, but the first mock draft you do is always like team team needs in August. We haven't, so, had, we haven't had cuts yet. You it's I mean? way more about 32 names. That right. You it's like an intro it is, to the class. Yeah, 100%. Right. This was like not all of it because some players I just like in a scheme or with a roster, but a lot of this is, man, they are going to need this position. They are going to need this type of player. Right? And some of these are realistic. Some of these might not be in three weeks depending mm -hmm. how wins and losses go with the draft order but right definitely a really fun exercise that gives you a crash course on team needs where they stand before the trade deadline yeah so we've got the same setup we're going to go through all 32 teams kind of talk about where they're picking right now you and i have not seen each other's lists i have a couple of repeats but even if i do have a repeat i've got some names that i'm bringing to the table anyways for it there's a lot of teams that I think are going to have quarterback needs and the repeats kind of stem around the quarterbacks, but we will get to a different player for every single team. I think throughout this entire exercise. So let's just start with the Chicago bears at number one. They have two picks right now in the top five, in the top three, I should say they're picking at number one. That's Carolina's selection. And then their own selection right now is number three overall. So the needs, the players that they could choose from, we can kind of talk about it all in one swoop. Who's one player that you like for them here? I'm guessing it's going to have to do with them addressing their very first pick at number one. Right. That's where I went. And this, I promise this list gets more interesting as it goes on, but there's going to be some that feel mock drafty at the top, because if you don't go that route, you're kind of just starting to defy logic. And the good news, like you said, Trevor, is that they have multiple picks where that other conversation will be a lot of fun for them. But as I did one prospect for each team, 
this is the Caleb Williams spot for me. And, and mm-hmm. it's not just that we think the Bears could be picking here, um, you know, based on odds and everything like that. But it's the fact that you look at the timeline Justin Fields is on with this team. It doesn't align with a lot of things. And assuming they're not going to pick up his fifth year option, it probably makes sense to trade him this offseason. See if you can get something in return. You're picking, you're going to be picking early, whether it's your pick or the Panthers pick at the top of this draft in a good quarterback class. It's probably Ryan Poles' one shot at taking his own guy. I don't know who's going to be coaching this team. I think that's what makes this a really tough answer because I don't think this is a great landing spot for Caleb Williams if Luke Getze is back as offensive coordinator, although maybe he needs more time too, to be fair. So the reality is right now, the Bears offensive line is getting better. It's not where it needs to be, but it's we talked right. about Darnell right earlier in the show. DJ Moore is a star wide receiver. Mm-hmm. There are things on this offense that are trending in the right direction before Justin Fields got hurt. Cole Komet was having an effective year at tight end and they extended him. So when you look at an upgrade in the pass game, which is what Caleb Williams is expected to be over Justin Fields, this is a really, really fun landing spot that I think would accelerate the Bears in a way that they haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, I agree with you. This is also the Caleb Williams spot for me. Obviously, there's a handful of teams that I think are still kind of in these sweepstakes, but certainly with Chicago owning two of the top three picks right now it it feels overwhelming that they're probably going to get their crack at him at number one overall whether it's their pick or whether it's panthers pick so i also had caleb williams here but i was thinking about that number three overall pick too because i think everybody believes that it's going to be a quarterback one of him or drake may at number one but the other two guys i i agree with your assessment of the offense i think they could certainly use a pass rusher and like latu latu maybe is on the board for them but I think they'd probably rather stick with double dipping on offense. Now, in reality, I think a trade is certainly involved for them too. trading back, getting future draft capital, especially if they're picking one and two. Um, But for that three spot, to me, even with DJ Moore there, even with Darnell Mooney, even with me liking Tyler Scott, and that's the trio of wide receivers that they have right now with Claypool no longer there. You got the opportunity to take Marvin Harrison Jr., man. I mean, you're setting something up that could be very, very special for Caleb Williams in that offense moving forward. So I think Caleb Williams is the one prospect that we would choose here for the Chicago Bears. But with a second pick so close, Marvin Harrison and Oluk Pashanu just did such a phenomenal pass protector already at the college level even with some investments they've had already on the offensive line, I feel like those two got to be on the table for considerations with whatever that second pick would have been. Absolutely. That's, that's what makes them so interesting is that there's really not a way you can go wrong. I think with the other player, it's just a matter of what they, where they need start or where they want the star talent. I Mm -hmm. it's tantalizing to think of Caleb Williams coming into the NFL, throwing to Marvin Harrison jr. Like, right. It's just, you think of that and you're like, man, that's you want to talk about helping a guy's development. And last week we had a whole show and a big port on quarterbacks. And a portion of that show was dedicated to that. All the guys in this class need developing like they're not walking in as heroes right away. Mm-hmm. That man, that's a that's exciting. Like DJ Moore and Marvin Harrison Jr. And a guy with a limitless arm 
it's i mean yeah we'll get i have a different landing spot for marvin harrison jr but it's still the bears are going to be a really fun team to talk about for this draft yeah so now we got the cardinals up at number two and i think you know referencing some of those early mock drafts that you mentioned that had the arizona cardinals picking at number one a lot of people slotted caleb williams there right they talked about all right you're moving on from kyler murray the team's going to be terrible and it just doesn't feel like that's gonna be in the cards for him maybe the conversation shifts if they do get that number one overall pick uh because the cardinals of all franchises have done something like this before drastically changing a qb when maybe they didn't have to that's how kyler murray even got there but I don't have a quarterback for them. And instead I, I do look at the offensive line. This is a team that needs help in both trenches badly. And where I'd love to give them a defensive player. Again, I think it's the same as Chicago. Layatu Latu, my top edge rusher in this class, he'd be a good fit for either of these teams. There's a couple of players that maybe they would prioritize over him just because of big board ranking, how good of overall prospects you think that these players are. And so I did ultimately lean on offensive line with the Cardinals. I went with Olu Fashano here and you draft Paris Johnson Jr. Um, last year and he's playing right tackle right now as DJ Humphreys is playing left tackle. Humphreys, either he's over 30 or he turns 30 next year, but his contract gets pretty cuttable and you're at the point where you're really just trying to rebuild that offensive line anyway. So if you're able to move on from him, save some cap space, and have two bookend tackles of Paris Johnson Jr. and Olu Fashanu, man, like that is enticing as you are moving forward as your as a franchise. So I went with Olu Fashanu here as my pick for the Cardinals. And I get it. That's to think of that tackle tandem. It, you know, the Cardinals are the pinnacle of a team that you look at them both sides of the ball in the trenches and you're like, they, they got to really build that up. That's going to be really, yeah, really important for them. Um, So that's, and they've started to, but they have a lot, you know, I almost went as I did one prospect for each team. I almost went with a defensive lineman, assuming with their other pick, but I did stay with the high pick. And I went with the chalk here of Marvin Harrison jr. Just for the thought okay. that now this one's interesting because when Kyler Murray comes back this season, which is a good that's a good sign that he will play this year. If Kyler Murray comes back and has a lot of success throwing to not just Hollywood Brown, but Michael Wilson, and this offense looks different where you go, man, they can air it out with these guys. Maybe they don't need to use a top pick. Uh, now it's crazy. Cause Marvin, like there aren't a lot of guys that you say no to Marvin Harris. Like I have this guy, I'm not going to take Marvin Harrison jr. Right. There's just not a lot of guys that exist like that. Mm-hmm. But so that's why I went that road because you can play those three together. I mean, that is a really that's exciting for what an offense that has a quarterback that could throw the ball down the field that's mobile, that those guys can take turns playing inside. Marvin Harrison's a true outside wide receiver. Michael Wilson has the size to be that. And then maybe Hollywood plays in the slot more. That's 11 personnel that's really, really scary with your quarterback. So that's why I went Marvin Harrison Jr. here. But I do think for the Cardinals, there's a key talking point to beef up both their offensive and defensive lines. Yeah, I think it's an interesting conversation because you do set up a a pretty nice receiver room with the guys that you have there if you install Marvin Harrison at that wide receiver one spot. The way that I see this draft class kind of falling, I still lean on offensive tackle just because I like the idea of investing the higher pick in offensive tackle where 
you know, we're selecting one player for each team, but right. Cardinals do have that middle of the first round pick. If I was giving them a second player for that second pick there, I'd be giving them Romo Dunze. You know, when I went through this exercise and I kind of didn't want to double dip on players, that is who I gave them at number 16 with the Houston Texans pick that they currently own. So with guys like Malik Neighbors and Romo Dunze, Keon Coleman, so many others in this class, potentially available in the middle of the first round. I like the idea of hitting offensive tackle early. And then when you have that later pick to go wide receiver. So it, it, even though we're technically doing one, give you guys a little bit of a bonus here for the teams that are picking twice. Um, I'd give Romo Dunze to, to the Cardinals with that second pick. And I, that's listen, that's once nice again, your little combo, your, nice little combo there. Yeah. It's, and I'll, I'll, clarify this these first two i went caleb williams the bears marvin harrison jr the cardinals i won't always go with the thought process of their first pick there are a couple that i randomly said like maybe they could get this guy in the second round and i just like the fit of that player there um so it will get a little interesting as we keep going but with that we are on the broncos now correct yes who you got for the broncos drake may i mean here's the reality with the broncos they weren't supposed to be in this predicament they were supposed to be competing with russell wilson even if the team was bad you were still supposed to be with the thought that russell wilson is going to be the quarterback for five years there or whatever it may be when i watch this team i just get the sense that sean payton can't stand the fact that russell wilson is his quarterback whether whether that's fair or not and the reality is it's the old saying of you might not find yourself in this position where you are picking high enough and the supply exists where I look at Drake may and go like Sean Payton is going to want his own guy. Now Mm -hmm. the money conversation with Russ, like there is a lot to unpack here. It's brutal. It's brutal. But would it shock you if they're just, isn't it weird? The Broncos made a decision, right? To go get Russell Wilson and commit all of this long-term money to him. Then they made this decision to go hire a coach, maybe the most expensive coach in the NFL. He's up there. Like he's top three. We coaching salaries aren't released to the public. So Bill Belichick could be making $25 million a year. And like we we don't know. Mm-hmm. He the bottom line is you have maybe the most expensive coach or one of. And they don't go together at all. So you're eating the bill somewhere. And I'll tell you who they're not eating the bill on after one year. Sean Payton. No, they're not. No, they're not. So especially because I think that especially because I think that Sean Payton is. I don't want to like say like hijacking, but he's like infiltrating the decision making. I I feel within the organization percent. You know, dude, Payton, he, rolled, he, he rolled the whole bus over the entire what he walked into. Like Nathaniel Hackett was the snippet pulled out of that thing. Right. That's, like that was the story because the Jets were going to play them. It was way over the line. It was being an asshole, whatever. But like, I get it. But the bigger part of that whole story to me was, damn, Sean Payton is setting this up where when the Broncos stink this year, it's everyone else's fault and he's going to get rid of them all. Yeah, I agree. So hello, Drake May. Welcome to the Broncos. Look, I also have Drake May for the Broncos. (laughs) I I agree with you, man. And you know what? The people agree with this as well, because if you look at PFS Mock Draft Simulator, the most drafted player to the Denver Broncos right now is is Drake May and second most is Caleb Williams, which means that Broncos fans are finding a way to trade up to number one to go get Caleb Williams in these mock draft simulations because he's not falling a four. 
So especially if you are just controlling the Broncos and you're letting it sim, Caleb Williams is not falling to you. So I think Broncos fans agree what's going on right now and the swing of the bat that they took. It was a whiff. I, I feel like, oh man, it's just, it feels it so, yeah, I, I don't want to say they struck out yet, but a lot of things would feels like would have to turn around, especially with how Russ is playing. And if they're sitting here and they have the opportunity to go get themselves Drake may, I agree with you. I find it very hard to believe that Sean Payton would shy away from that. So I also went Drake may with this one. I, I think Marvin Harrison jr. Is also like, if they're not going with a quarterback, okay. They're probably reshifting that entire receiver room, that entire passing game. And if they have the opportunity to get Marvin Harrison jr. In there, they would, they're not moving on from Russ. But I got Drake May too. I got Drake May to the Broncos at four. Who you got at five? New York Giants are at five. So the Giants at five. And now, okay, now at least gets like a little bit more off the off the rails here. And not that off the rails. But Roma Dunze for me with the Giants. Ooh. Okay. So you so you're thinking not necessarily like mock draft, like they're picking exactly. at five. This is a player that you love for this team. A- exactly. Okay. And you know, part of my thought is too, but it doesn't matter for this exercise. Is the Giants are going to win more games? They're, you know, they're getting Andrew Thomas it's back. A good point. It's a good point. They're, the the NFC, whatever. The Giants are going to stumble into some wins. Like the thought of the Giants picking top three. And now I don't think the Giants are going to win a lot of games. Let me be very, very clear here. Mm-hmm. And I will say, Tyrod Taylor. I know this is, this is a shaky thing to say because people. T- People are very strong about this or people are very against this. I think the offense has been a little better with Tyrod Taylor. Well, yeah, because um, he's pushing the ball down the field pretty fearlessly. Right, so. right. So that's been a variable here that, like, I can't confidently say Daniel Jones takes the Bills down to the wire. And Daniel Jones always plays good against Washington. But once again, things have been better with Tyrod. I'm sure when Jones is healthy, he's going to be the starter again. So the Giants will win a couple more games. And Roma Dunze... It's the same thing we say all the time about the Giants. Besides Darren Waller, who, I mean, he's not a long-term piece for this. He's a nice piece now and next year. Mm-hmm. The Giants are very small at wide receiver. They are a yeah. very small team on the outside. And uh, Adunze is a big size-speed guy. He can win down the field. He can go up and get the ball. This is a team that the vertical pass game has not been consistent with them. I do think that is in large part an offensive line and Daniel Jones problem, but I also don't think they have the weapons to really constantly push the ball down the field. And Roma Dunze is a great fit for that, man. I, I really do love that. I wasn't thinking about wide receiver just because I was thinking about how high they pick in the draft and not having the opportunity to pick Harrison. But in terms of this exercise, like an ideal player, if the giants end up picking somewhere between Ah, shoot, it could be as high as you know, eight, eight to eight to fifteen, whatever it is. Romo Dunze is firmly in play for them. And I think that that could be a lot of fun. Ultimately, I, I went with offensive tackle. Um, I did Olu Fashano. So this is like kind of like a double up for me because if the Giants have the opportunity to take a player like this, having Andrew Thomas on one side, having Olu Fashano on the other, it's a lot of the same thought process that I had with Arizona. You're getting two young, great, high ceiling offensive tackles. And this also allows you to bump Evan Neal inside. Like you right. can put okay. Evan, you could put Evan Neal at guard. We're not like replacing him or anything because I still think Evan Neal is talented. He's just struggling at tackle. And a lot of the issues that we that you have talked about that he had on his Alabama tape, he was winning because he's a smooth moving big man, but a lot of like the technique and how he went about winning at Alabama 
it wasn't as consistent as it probably needed to be as we're seeing now with the NFL level and NFL edge rushers are they're bigger, faster, stronger. Yes. But they're also more savvy. You know, they, they know what they're doing. They've got more of a pass rush plan. So they're getting to what they want to do faster than Evan Neal is able to anticipate it or react to it. So maybe that gets a little bit better at guard because the dude's still massive and moves very well. You move him in a guard. I think that this is still a potential ass kicker for you. And then you got an offensive line that includes, three first round picks. And I, it, it's hard for me to say like that, that's a bad situation for the giants. And so when I look at them right now, their offensive line is something that just has to get better. So I went with O-line. I went with Olu Fashano here for him, but you know, Joe all as well in this conversation, I think Talise Fuaga from Oregon state, uh, depending on where they end up picking something along the offensive lines where I went for the giants. What about the Patriots at six? Okay. So the Patriots for me, Malik neighbors, uh, this is one of the easiest ones I did. Now, you know, once again, for New England, you can look at quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I, I Once again, I don't think Mac Jones is some huge long-term answer for them. But I do think you could sit here and say New England. It's the same thing. I always have an argument with New England. They line up on offense and you go, what scares me? And the answer is always nothing. Right. Honestly, like you right. look at their offense and it's like, a dump down to Ramondre Stevenson. Can he break some tackles? Maybe they get Pop Douglas going in this offense now that he's going to play a little bit more and Kendrick Bourne. But th- no, nobody on that roster is Malik Neighbors. Explosiveness, the ability to be dangerous with the ball in your hands. This is the kind of wide receiver that they desperately need that they can funnel their pass game through. Yeah, I, I would... Malik is instantly, like you just said, the guy that you build that passing attack around. This is the last time that I cheat in this exercise, and my answer is Drake May for the Patriots right. because I agree with you. I don't think, I don't think that Mac Jones needed. Like I, I think Drake May, Caleb Williams, JJ McCarthy, one of those three dudes. Like honestly, all of those three dudes to me are the ideal. Or, or, or ideal early look at who you would want the Patriots to draft. And then after that, I agree with you. Wide receiver is a great place to go. Malik neighbors is a great fit for this team. It makes a ton of sense. If they're sticking with Mac Jones, you go get a guy like that and he absolutely takes over. But to be honest with the Patriots are sitting at six overall right now. I think it's realistic to think that they could be a top five team, maybe more realistic that it's somewhere between five to 10, but I could see them getting aggressive. Like I really could see, the Patriots for the first time in a long time being the team that gets really aggressive in the draft to move up and go get that guy. That's going to be a franchise changer because Hey, you brought it up when we were talking about whether it was a, what matters most or something with Mac Jones, you look at what the Patriots have been since Tom Brady and sure anybody that loses Tom Brady, it's tough sledding, but there have been, it feels like quarterback after quarterback try for them and they're at the point where Max been in and out of the lineup. Sure. He's coming off a really great game against Buffalo, but do we think this is the new identity, Mac Jones? I don't just from what I have seen in the past. So right. I went quarterback here. This is the last time I doubled up, but I, I went Drake may again, just because if they're going to be within range of it, I think they're going to go for it. So um, that brings us to the Packers now also sitting in the top 10 right now. So this is where I went. Olu Fashanu and right. You know, David Bakhtiari, he just, he hasn't been able to play. It's it's awful. It stinks. The guy's a great player. They extended him, and his body's just kind of failed him, right? And I think that 
holding on to that, that he's their guy that they get trust to be their left tackle. It's, it's a lot to ask at this point. Now I know they have Rashid Walker. I know they move Elton Jenkins all around and same with Zach Tom, but this is, you know, an ideal fit for me. And here's the reality with green Bay right now. They look really bad. They look really bad. Dude, where what are they? They're two and five, right? Two and five, and their schedule's been horrific. They're two and five, and they had a miracle comeback game against the Saints. This team should be one and six. Right. I this mean, team should absolutely be one and six. They beat the Bears week one, lost a close one to the Falcons. Like you said, the miracle against the Saints. They got smoked by the Lions. They lost to the Raiders, and they lost to the Broncos. Would it shock me if they scratch and claw and get six wins or something? I mean, nothing does. The defense still has a lot of talent. I don't think yeah, I don't see that. I don't think it's a seven win team. Yeah. No, I don't see it a seven win team either. And if not Olu, I mean you could plug any of the first round tackles in here. But this is where I went I went Olu. They having a franchise tackle for Jordan Love or whoever it may be in the future was was vital with Bakhtiari down. This is another team uh, that will be in the Drake May type of sweepstakes. That we, we don't know where they're going to finish. I, I didn't put him here just because I didn't want to put Drake May for five different teams. But I did want to mention, like, I've seen Packers fans talk about this. And, you know, Jordan Love, I, I don't think he's been the worst quarterback in the world. But has he been a quarterback that really gives you a lot of faith that, hey, this next year, the year after, whatever, he's going to figure it out and really ascend to that kind of level? No, not yet. There's still time this season. But I think they're going to be because of their record in this Drake May conversation. But I also went with offensive tackle. This is where I put Olu. Sorry, this is where I put Joe Alt. So I had Joe Alt going to the Packers okay. for, for very similar reasons. Like if if you're not taking a quarterback, you're looking along the offensive line in some way, shape, or form. And you know, with Bakhtiari's situation, you mentioned it. I'll, uh, I I think that that's that's probably the way that they would go. I think they've got safety needs as well, but. I don't think many Packers fans are even talking about safety needs right now, given the situation of their offensive line, given the situation with their quarterback. So yeah, guys like Camp Kitchens and and Tyler Newbin from Miami and from, from Minnesota, like those are safety prospects that I think Packers would love. And those are other early fits for them, not where they're picking currently in the first round. And I don't think either of them make it to where they're picking at the top of the second round. So Safety is a little bit different of a conversation, but just to expand it for for Packers fans out there, those are some names to know too. What about the Vikings? Okay, so the Vikings. Ah, uh, this is where I went. Michael Penix. Now, we know that Kirk Cousins may or may not be there next year. A lot of signs pointing to him not being there. Mm -hmm. They will need a quarterback. They are a team that as much as I thought the best thing for them would be being bad enough to get Drake may. I just don't see that with the Vikings. I really, I mean, they just beat the 49ers without Justin Jefferson. And they, and they play the, it's wild when you say that out loud. And then they play the Packers this week. If right. they beat the, if they beat the Packers. We had a, Oh God, I got to find it. We have a article. Uh, Timo wrote an article over at PFF.com and it was talking about the, differences in playoff percentages for teams with this upcoming week because there's a lot of teams that have a big swing if they win or lose and the vikings if they win this week vikings go up to like 64 percent chance to make the playoffs we were talking about this team having like the number two overall pick two weeks ago and if they win this weekend the simulation has them at a 64 percent chance 
to make the postseason. It's uh, kind of wild. It's kind of wild what's happened with the Vikings. It is. It feels a little empty calories, though. Like, okay. The team's what? good, but uh, you're they're not like deep playoff run good. You know, they play no. the Eagles. They play they the Lions. They lost the Giants they're... last year. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're not going to. So, I, anyways, not... they, are, they are going to be in a different section of quarterback shopping if that's what they have to do in the draft. Now, the good news is the Vikings have talent on their offensive line. And they have a lot of talent at wide receiver that can play at all three levels of the field. So my thought is get a quarterback that thrives from the pocket that challenges every area of the field. Thinking of Penix's arm, taking chances for Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison and TJ Hawkinson. That in my eyes, this could still be a high flying offense with that move. Um, Who did I go with from Minnesota? Oh, I went with JJ McCarthy. The guy who I think so is the, you had kind of the same thought. Process. No, yeah, it, I think it is the same thought. You know, it's it's kind of just pick your flavor of quarterback. That's not right. Drake May or Caleb Williams. If you have a chance to pick those, you probably are. But Minnesota is not going to be in that spot. We know that. So, I, you know, man, I went back and I watched Drake May, or JJ uh, McCarthy's most recent game this past weekend, and um, you know, you could tell he just knew all the signs of the defense. No, sorry. Um, what I meant to say was, you know, he was he's playing really really well and. He is just, he's got such great arm talent, man. There are some throws from last week's game that are just, they're just fucking seeds, man. They're, it's like between two defenders that are within five feet of each other and the, the wide receiver sandwich between them and the ball is just going to a place where only the wide receiver could get it. He's throwing with anticipation. When he throws that fastball, man, he's got so much good ball placement on it too. When he's throwing with touch, of course, I think it's still a work in progress, and he's not seeing things as quickly as he could still at this point. But given how young he still is, the progress that he has shown from last year to this year is so encouraging that he is going to continue to get better. And the idea of him getting to work with Kevin O'Connell, who is a, a quarterback mind himself, I think that that would be a great fit for them. So I went with J.J. McCarthy for the Vikings. Okay. Similar thought process for us there. That Chargers. brings us to the Chargers. Chargers. This is where I went, Johnny Newton. Same. Oh, beautiful. Same. You love to see, you same. love when a plan comes together. Yeah, yeah, same. Don't the Chargers just need to be like more stout and tough on defense? And that is everything Johnny Newton is. Yeah, I do feel like I've had this conversation with right? them mock drafting for seven years, to be honest like, with you. All right, I'm looking at their draft history right now. We've been talking about them needing a big-time interior defensive lineman for a while. Since and before they took Jerry Tillery? Where was the Tillery draft? Like the Tillery draft ago. is 2019. So, yeah, like, okay, oh after God. that. But, you know, you look at their last couple of drafts here. 2021, Rayshon Slater, Asante Samuel Jr., Josh Palmer. Good pick. Good picks. I'm not sure. hating on them. 2022. Zion Johnson, all right, you're you're it's you're hitting the interior offensive line. JT Wood safety, but that was a third round pick. Isaiah Spiller is a fourth round pick. Okay, you're getting a little bit later, anyways. Last year, they go wide receiver, they go Quentin Johnson. You go Tuli Tuli Pelotu. He's an edge. He's not an interior guy. And then Diane Henley after that in the third round. So it feels like we've been talking about interior defensive linemen for this team for three years, and they just they have not addressed it. No, they haven't. And I mean, pull up some of their, you know, you just pull up their unit right now, whether it's an Austin Johnson, uh, Sebastian Joseph Day. Like their interior is not a run 
stopping interior. It's not. And with Johnny, it's not like you're just taking a fat guy to stick in the middle. And this dude's oh, got pass awesome. rush juice. Right. So I, it's clearly you and I were both very excited about the thought of this one. Yeah, this one makes total sense to me. I think that this is the the ideal fit for uh this is uh this is like the what was it, the Jalen Hyatt to the Chargers kind of like connection that everybody wanted early just because it was the deep speed for the Throw Chargers bombs. offense. So yep. uh this feels like we're gonna be talking about Johnny Newton to the Chargers for a while. Tennessee Titans now to round out the teams that are currently picking in the top ten. Titans, I went with Joe Alt. And what really needs to be said, your left side of the line can be Joe Alt and Skaronsky. Alt's amazing. Ooh. They need a tackle. He is a he's a tough guy in the trenches. He will fit their identity under Vrabel. This is one of the easiest ones I could have done. Oh, wait, before we move on from the Chargers, I also I did write down Brock Bowers for the Chargers. I mean, poten- that's potential for the Chargers. That's a vibe pick. Gerald Everett is a free agent coming up, you know. Yeah. Could be a solid vibe pick. So I just wanted Don- to throw Donald that Parham out there. just stands in the end zone waiting we'll get- for the ball. <laughs> great living if you can make it. I just yeah, make if that you clear. can get it, it's good work. Like, it's great. If you're work six foot you eight and you could stand in the end zone and catch a football, keep doing you. Yeah. I mean, we're not quite there. Being 6'4, 240, we're not yeah, quite yeah, no. Donald Parham, but no. It's a shame. So I had the same thought process as you with the Tennessee Titans. I went off into tackle. But I picked my boy Talise Fuaga because Ooh, yeah. he is that Tennessee Titans, Mike Vrabel yes, type he, of dude, yes, man. He is. he is a mauler in the run game, and he brings that strength power profile to how he goes about pass protection as well. Like to me, this dude is a Tennessee Titan type of offensive lineman. So I absolutely love this connection. I think it makes a ton of fit, not just for their needs, but also the types of players that it feels like the Titans go after. So huge need along the offensive line. I think this is the perfect player for it. Also want to shout out though, would love Malik neighbors in this offense. I think of Malik neighbors type of player. I know they got Hopkins. Burks is kind of a different style receiver, but Man, I feel like Malik Neighbors leads this team in targets and yards if he if, if he is on the Tennessee Titans. So um, I'm going with Fuaga, shouting out a potential wide receiver ad if they have that chance. Okay, uh, I mean I'll get I'll get there. So Saints, mm-hmm. yep, Saints. I went with literally take everything you just said. I had the same thought process here, and I mm-hmm. went with J.C. Latham. Okay. All right. Here's the thing, too. Are you, so you replacing like, Trevor Penning? 100%. They don't want to play Trevor Penning. They don't want to play Trevor Penning. It is a, unreal to watch how badly they don't want to play Trevor Penning. Not great. It's not good. It's not good. The milk is spilled. Don't run back to the aisle and, and slip. Just, just, just go. Just get the mop and replace it. What a phrase. It's, I mean, the, listen, the milk is spilled. Don't the milk run is back spilled. to the island slip. Right. Like, don't keep do, like, don't do the we'll go into camp and he's going to get better. And we're going to start him again. And then Derek Carr is running for his life. Just JC Latham in this spot. That's... Um, I went the opposite side of trenches, although I don't I, I mean, I, I understand the logic that, that you have. I I think the I think we're I think we're coming towards the end of the career for Cam Jordan. You know, like, I, I think we're I think we're getting to that point. Carl Granderson's playing like an absolute animal on the other side. I mean, like Carl Granderson has been insanely good this year. 
but I do still think they need another top tier edge rusher player on that defensive line. Um, I don't think that Isaiah Foskey is going to be it. You know, they drafted Isaiah Foskey and I like him as kind of like a rotational edge player, but I think they need a guy who they could stamp as a, as a full-time starter once uh, Cam Jordan eventually retires. I mean, maybe it won't be for another 10 years. And who knows? Maybe this is just right. a waste, but I went with Latu Latu, my guy from UCLA. Hell yeah. He's the first edge that I've got off the board here. So um, with him kind of still being available in this exercise, I think that makes a lot of sense. Hey, Chop Robinson, his twitchy athleticism also fits the Saints profile and a kind of player that they gravitate towards. So those two guys to me make a lot of sense. I know Saints fans are not happy with Derek Carr. And trust me, I understand like they shouldn't be happy with Derek Carr, but he's going to be the starting quarterback of this team next year. So I think that even if you were to say, like, even if we were to say in this exercise, Hey, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, whoever it's going to be like, even throwing out JJ McCarthy's name, drafting him and then just like letting him sit. I don't, I just don't think that they would do that. I don't think that that's where they're at. So instead I went with a, a trench player. I went with Latu. Yeah, it makes, I, I get it. And Latu's talent. There's not going to be a lot of scenarios where I'm like, no, don't like that fit for Latu. I mean, he's, yeah, he's just too good of a, a pass rusher. Vegas, Las Vegas Raiders are the next team here. Speaking of Derek Carr. Mm, wow. Look at that. I didn't realize that we had the transition, the car connection there from uh, 11 to 12. All right. Raiders. I went with Cooper DeGene. Get All yourself. Right. They need just, corner. Sure. Just a badass in the secondary. Right. Yeah. I, did, I, I think with Cooper, he could play inside, outside and safety. I really do. And yeah. you could, if you're the Raiders, you're like, wow, cool. We have a chess piece on the back end now. So that this one for me was just getting a playmaker on the back end because you have Max Crosby up front. You're hoping you're going to get more out of a guy in Tyree Wilson that you took with a top 10 pick, but now you need, you need playmaking talent on the back end of your defense. Yeah. I don't hate the corner pick. Uh, they definitely, uh, you could pick Kool-Aid McKintry for this I, one. Yeah, you could pick Cooper DeGene. Spin the wheel. Yeah. I, I definitely agree that that is definitely, that is on the table. I went bo- with Bo Nix just because of the, you know, I think they need a quarterback upgrade. Um, I don't think the season is going to end very well for them. I think that McDaniels is going to be fired after this season. And I think that a new quarterback coach is going to come in and he's going to want his guy in there. And I don't think that it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's probably not going to be Aiden O'Connell either. So I, this is the landing spot that I have for Bonix. You're kind of starting over in a lot of ways on your offense. Um, so that's pro- that's where I would go. I also have Jerzon Newton. I got Johnny Newton here as a potential spot for them because I also think that they really need help on the interior. But I'm glad that you shouted out corner because I think that that's a this is a, this is a spot for one of if not the first corner to come off the board. There's there's no question about it. Hey guys, this part this time of the year, it's all about getting back to your checklist, the routine, all that good stuff. But the most important task on whatever list that you have should be securing your fi- family's financial future, starting with life insurance. Fabric by Gerber Life makes it quick, easy, and affordable to protect to protect your family so you can get back to enjoying life. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policies in less than 10 minutes. They've got flexible policies that hit your family's budget and goals with quality policies like million-dollar coverage for less than a dollar a day. 
You can get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you all online and in your schedule. You can go from start to cover in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash stock exchange. That's meetfabric, M-E-E-T, fabric.com slash stock exchange. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states, prices subject to underwriting and health questions. 13, Indianapolis Colts. Who we got, Connor? Who is their early prospect that you want to pair with? Brock Bowers. Fire it oh, up. Oh, baby. You're telling me Anthony Richardson, Jonathan You're telling Taylor. telling me a shrimp fried this rice? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Man, what, a, what an offense this would look like on paper. I mean, you got size at pass catcher in Pittman. And Brock Bowers, you got an effective slot in Josh Downs. You have Richardson and Taylor and Zach Moss in the backfield. A explosive offense, Indianapolis Colts. This is sick. I'm, I'm, I'm actually. Are you I'm a little jealous of this one? Yeah, I'm pretty. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty pissed. I'm, I'm, I'm actually mad. I don't get mad at you often for good. Yeah, picks, I can see it. In I'm your not face. gonna lie. Like I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty buttered about this one. Um, <laughs> I went the same direction. I just went with wide receiver. Like I, I went with. Malik Neighbors for them because I don't have a spot for Malik Neighbors yet. So if they're picking anywhere towards the top 10, he's going to be near the top of the list. But Romo Dunze is somebody that you could absolutely pair with the uh, with the Indianapolis Colts. I think Keon Coleman's the same way. Just increasing the pass-catching talent on this team is a theme that I've definitely seen. Um, Colts fans talk about, certainly on the mock draft machine, they are mocking that way. I believe Romo Dunze is the number one selected player, and I think Keon Coleman is second. Yeah, I think the secondary could be a need for them as well. I like the way that Juju Brents is, is is playing on the outside, but they could probably use another outside corner if they wanted to go that direction too. But it just feels as though uh, wide receiver is is the fan favorite. So I kind of gave the people what they wanted, and I give them Malik Neighbors. I thought about that too. It just it just felt so much more fun. No, your pick is better. I, look, I'm, I'm mad about it. I don't know how many times you want me to you you want me to say it, but yeah, the pick is the pick is better. Let's go to the Commanders. All right, let's go to the Commanders. You want to talk about going back to being boring, watching paint dry on the wall? Bo Nix, the Commanders. Okay, listen, get oh. it. Let's get an adult under center. I like Sam Howell. I really do. I, I, I'm rooting for Sam Howell. I really am. I'm nervous that he's going to be sacked 700 times this year, which is what he's on pace for right now. That little? That little. He is holding the ball a while. He's made some really big plays. He's made some dumb plays. For me, with this offense under Biennemi, you look at... It feels like they need a point guard with the talent they have, whether mm -hmm. it's Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. Bo Nix is a point guard at quarterback to me. That's kind of why I went with a floor spot here. I, I agree. You, you know what I think about Knicks. I had sure. him going a couple yeah. picks earlier, but I think this would be a really solid spot for him as well. It, it's getting harder for me to believe that the current coaching regime in Washington is going to survive this season. So I don't know who's going to be in there at head, head coach. Um, it could be somebody who would really want to run a dual threat kind of game that I think Bo Nix is able to bring to the table. He's right. got good athleticism as well. So he's not just this statue in the pocket. He's somebody who you mentioned he's a point guard with how he can distribute the football. And, you know, I think a lot of people look at what Bo Nix does at Oregon. They're like, Oh, you know, he's just a screen merchant. He's a, he's a, you know, he's a short pass guy. And like, sure. A lot of their offense is that, but 
he delivers those passes very, very accurately. And then a lot of times when he is asked to push it down the field, now it's he is not asked to do that as much as Michael Penix is. So their tape is going to look different. But when Nix has been asked to do that over the last couple of years, he has been successful at it. He shows you that velocity. He shows you that distance. He shows you that ability to place the ball at the sideline in rhythm, getting guys in stride, 15, 20, 25, 30 yards down the field, whatever it is. And he's got a very, he's got a few, but he's got some bomb passes over the last couple of years too, that he's been able to hit, or at least they look good when it's coming out of his hand. So um, I, I just think that Bonix gets a bad rap in this class again. I, I get it because the Auburn, he sucked at Auburn and he did. He's just a different quarterback now. I think you got to look at it through a different lens. I didn't have to wait long to get Brock Bowers off the board. This is my Brock Bowers spot. And I still like it for the commanders. You know, you've got Terry McLaurin, you've got Jahan Dotson, um, you've got Curtis Samuel, but then adding Brock Bowers into that mix gives you this reliable, strong, after the catch kind of dude that you can play in the middle that can be a massive part of the, uh, between the, between the hashes part of your passing game, I think. So, would love Brock Bowers, and that's my pick here for Washington. Uh, we got the Rams up next to 15. Who you got? All right. For the Rams in this spot, I went with Leatu Latu here. You can never have enough pass rush. I know they're getting some production out of Byron Young right now, which is good to see. But for the Rams, this whole retool starts in the trenches. Nice pick in Steve Avila. Nice pick in Byron Young. Keep that going with the what I think is the most technically polished pass rusher in the draft right now in yep. Latu. Yep. I would agree. I went with Jared verse. I think that okay. the, the edge rush need is a big one for them. I like the idea. Uh, well, certainly if Latu is on the board that they, take Latu, but um, of the edge rushers that are kind of left, you know, him, you know, Dallas Turner, I think is another one that comes to mind. Chop Robinson still around. I'd pick verse because he does give you that power profile. Like he's somebody who, will hit somebody in the mouth, right? And I think they've got Byron Young on one side, and he's a really nice stand-up explosive pass rusher. And I think you can have a player who is a little bit more hand in the dirt, a little bit more of a five technique, kind of set the line of scrimmage, edge rusher on the other side in verse. So that's why I went with verse. But I I, I do agree with you. I think that uh, edge rusher is, is where you look if you're the Rams. Okay, that takes us to the Jets. Who you got for the Jets? It's offensive tackle for me. You know, I think you and I have had conversations about what the Jets could potentially do if they're picking higher than this. If you have the opportunity to pick like a J.J. McCarthy or a Bo Nix or a Michael Penix, like, do you do it? Do you stash one of those guys for one year behind Aaron Rodgers? And then you've got the guy in the building already. To I don't know. To me, I feel like you only do that if you feel like you have a we're never going to pick this high again type of a chance. Like if they end up picking sixth overall or something, maybe you end up doing that. But with them picking kind of in the middle of the pack here right now, I'd go offensive line uh, and I'd go offensive tackle. I'm, I'm doing offensive tackle one way or another. To me, it's either Talize Fuaga if he is here um, or JC Latham. Uh, I guess I lied on my sheet. I, I ended up picking Talize Fuaga because I because I like him and I want you know you, you as my friend to be happy because he's going to be great on the other side of Mackay Beckton. But it's awesome. Either either one of those guys, Fuaga, J.C. Latham. I I like the offensive tackle strategy here for the Jets. So here's where I was number one. I wanted a little fun because I feel like for the Jets, all they've heard about is tackle for so long, and it's still a need. 
it is interesting to see on paper what they look like going into free agency because Mackay Becton's been very good at left tackle for them this year and healthy. They have apparently told Elijah Vera Tucker, or it sounds like they've made it clear to Elijah Vera Tucker that right tackle will be his home after they moved him off a of guard. Oh, okay. This year. So I was wondering if they were just going to keep him at guard. Right. They, they do that every year. They get into camp, they put him at guard, and then somebody gets hurt and he needs to play tackle, and he's really good at tackle. Which oh, makes he's, you wonder, yeah, he's good at it. Shocked. Right, right. right. The, Titan, the Titans are going to do the same shit with, with, Skaronsky, with Skaronsky. 100%. 100%, yes. which yes. was actually my comparison for Skaronsky was AVT, and it feels like they're going to have the same careers in that regard. But I don't think you're crazy for taking one of those guys because it could just be talent, and they could play AVT at guard again. They might lose Becton in free agency. You never know how these things will shake out. So with my thought of, okay, you retain Becton and ABT is going to be right tackle. So there's your tackles, which is the scary thing about that is that is a very injury prone tackle tandem. As much as the upside of that tackle tandem is awesome. It's a very injury prone tackle tandem. I also went with the need at wide receiver here and went with Keon Coleman because you watch this offense and outside of Garrett Wilson, like, Randall Cobb can't run away from anyone, obviously. Lazard's fine in his role, right? Lazard is this big blocking receiver that could be a possession player at times. But they need a jump ball, big-bodied red zone target. So, for me, it was whoever I had let, Like, at this point, I had a Dunze gone, Marvin Harrison gone. Obviously, Neighbors is gone. Just get a freak in a contested catch situation, and that's Keon Coleman to me. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to fight you too much on that. That's that's a lot of fun to think about Keon Coleman in that offense, especially with Keon Coleman and Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson. Dude, that's that's awesome. Cincinnati Bengals are currently picking at 18. I went with because Johnny Newton's off the board and I would have liked Johnny Newton better in this spot. But I went with Leonard Taylor uh, from Miami because they could lose DJ Reader in free agency coming up. I think BJ Hill's contract. He's got one more year on his contract, but he's also kind of cuttable after this year if they wanted to do that. So it feels like they might be retooling that interior of their defensive line. And Newton, I think, gives you a higher floor, certainly as a run defender. Leonard Taylor has shown the flashes of pass rush have been like top tier for him, but he's still working on being consistent. But, yeah, we've talked about before, man, it's just so athletically gifted that Drafting a player like that and putting him on a defense that's already got really good edge play, really good linebacker play, really good just defense overall, I think could be really nice spot for Leonard Taylor. So that's where I went with Taylor. So I went with your boy here in Fuaga, in Talis Fuaga. Oh, man. Yeah, let's go. This I love this. This is a great right. spot. For the Bengals, I mean, you get a right tackle that is just a total ass kicker in the run game. And now you have two hulking tackles that can move bodies off the line of scrimmage. And you play him at right tackle. Obviously, this is great news for Joe Burrow. He's the he's one of the biggest risers of the year, I would say, right? Fuaga? Oh, hundred percent. I mean, yes. And 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 he was you good. Were the, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off, but like no, he okay. was he was good last year. But yeah, he was like, on our list. Nobody was really talking about him going into the year. And I think he's a legit first round type of offensive tackle. I think so too. You were the first person to text me about him this season. And then I would say about a month later from that text, I started to get the chatter from people in the league. And I'm like, but this like this is the dude that's just shooting up or everybody's on him now. It's no he's no secret anymore. Um, so Fuaga 
would be a first round pick for the Bengals. I think him and Xavier Leggett are the two players who have just yeah. like skyrocketed this year. Leggett maybe more than Fuaga, just because Leggett was like, I don't know, maybe a day three pick going sure. into this year. And now he might be a first round pick. Maybe we're going to get to his name, you know, not too far after this. So what are you going to talk about? Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're at number 19. There's a handful of ways that they could go, right? I mean, you could, I, I could have gone with Michael Penix here with the potential quarterback angle. If they have the chance to pick Brock Bowers, they should sprint to the podium. And I just mean like Usain Bolt sprint the second they get on the clock. But I've got him off the board in this exercise, and if they're picking this high, I, I don't think they have a chance at that. So ultimately, I went with Graham Barton. Um, I think that I think that Cody Mock is going to be fine at interior offensive line. He's struggling this year because he's coming over from playing tackle. He's still gaining weight. He's still gaining strength. I think he'll be fine at right guard. You put Graham Barton next, either next to Tristan Wirfs at left guard or Graham Barton could potentially be a center at the NFL level. I think that he could be a damn good center. That's all of a sudden the outlook for the offensive line is very different when you could plug him in there. So my top interior offensive lineman in this draft is Graham Barton. And, and that's where I'm going with Tampa, who desperately has to get better along the interior offensive line. So for them, I went shop Robinson, get an edge pass rusher in there. Tampa's in a weird spot, edge pass rush, because They've aged a little bit there, and they also haven't gotten the production I think they were hoping for out of some of the guys they've taken in this spot. And Cansey looks great on the interior. So I, I would take another swing at edge. Chop's explosive. He could bend. He's plays with really, really good leverage. It's almost like you're trying to find your next Shaq Barrett with this pick. Yeah. No, and, and I can, I would agree with that. I think Joe Tryon-Chilinka has been fine for them, but he hasn't right. necessarily been that next step type of a pass rusher he still can be but he has not yet so i think that an edge rusher is in the conversation for them this podcast is brought to you by our friends over at prize picks for the thursday night game speaking of the tampa Bay buccaneers bucks are playing the bills and pff's prize pick lineup is josh allen less than 0.5 interceptions so no interceptions from josh allen on thursday night and josh allen more than two and a half pass or rush or receiving touchdowns. So we're getting three total touchdowns from Josh Allen and no interceptions. If those hit, you're winning some serious money. Prize picks, if you don't know what it is, it is a skill-based, real money, daily fantasy sports game where you pick two to six players. And if they will go more or less than their prize picked projection, if you call it right, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Prize Picks adds a ton of excitement to the sports viewing experience. Watch your progress update in real time. You can win up to that 25 times your amount. Cash out your winnings very quick uh, with settling and withdrawals, all that good stuff. At Prize Picks, you aren't competing against other people. You're just going against Prize Picks projections. So entries can be made less than 60 seconds. It's super easy. Frequent discounts as well. Uh, if you are already on Prize Picks, you can see the bonuses, all the exciting offers that they have every single week. Go to PrizePicks.com/NFLSE and use the code NFLSE for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. You know you're going to play. It's a free one hundred dollars. Come on, again, that is PrizePicks.com/NFLSE. Use that promo code NFLSE for your first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Connor and I give you PFF's official 
prize picks lineup, but we also give you some players that we think are are, are going to be um, good entries as well. So get in on it. Use that promo code NFLSE. Number 20. We're up to number 20. We're in the 20s now. Atlanta Falcons. Who is their early prospect you like for the Atlanta Falcons? You want to get back to having some fun? No, I hate fun. Jaden Daniels. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Let you madman. I know. Mad Let's scientist. go, baby. I know. Just for Arthur Smith to okay. play Taylor Heineke over him. No, I'm Jesus. just kidding. Well, not really. I'm really not kidding. No, but so. I mean, I, it would happen. Yeah. I it would. It, but it would happen. I know there's still some people out there that believe in, in Ritter holding this job. And I mean, sure, it's. I'm not writing off Ritter entirely. I wasn't his biggest pre-draft fan, and I think it's been a little bit of a tough first year for him, although he's shown some improvement. But with Jaden Daniels, it just expands what your offense can be, right? That's the thing, is that you have a legitimate runner, not a scrambler, a runner, mm-hmm. and you have a guy that could throw down the field to Drake London and Kyle Pitts. So how much this offense would expand with him at quarterback, to me, with all the weapons they have, would be incredibly explosive. Yeah, so I have Michael Penix as, as we have the, we have the same thought process. I've got Michael Penix here. I would actually like Bo Nix more uh, because of that dual threat ability. Like the reason why I think that they liked Marcus Mariota when they brought him in is because Mariota gave them that dual threat from the quarterback position. And I think that same thought process goes into why Daniels is also a fun prospect fit for the Falcons that not a lot of people are talking about. So I like those two. I already had Knicks off the board. I didn't have Daniels in this exercise, but I love that you did. And so I just kind of went with Penix. But ultimately, kind of we're on the same train. It's not that Ritter has not done anything well. I I just don't know if he's going to be that guy. I have my doubts right now. So with the way things currently stand, I like a quarterback best for them. I really do. They can get younger on the defensive side of the ball as well. You can pick a couple of different spots for them. But ultimately, I think all eyes are going to be on that quarterback position, especially for what they have invested in the offense, right? They've inv- they've Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson. Uh, you want to go even further, Matthew Bergeron, right? Like they've invested so much into that offense. You better be sure you got the quarterback. It's not like, yeah, I mean, Ritter hasn't been the worst. I don't want hasn't been the worst. Right. That's yeah, exactly. You've exactly. invested, you have invested too much in that offense to settle for hasn't been the worst. And if that's the feeling that we have about him at the end of the season, we're going to be talking about quarterbacks for the Falcons. 21. It's the Buffalo Bills. Who we got? All right. For the Bills, I went with Tyler Newbin here. Nice. The Bills got old at safety fast, and Bills fans will be the first to tell you. The, those guys have had an incredible run. And I'm talking about Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. An incredible run back there. You just you see them aging. It's it's bound to happen. And even if those guys are still playing for them next year, this could even be a pick that a guy that, with Newbin's range and IQ, he could easily be a, a effective third safety. What they wanted when they got Taylor Rapp in the offseason this year. But he's a long-term starter. He could play any role at safety you ask of him. I love Tyler Newbin. I think that this is a really good call out by you because I ended up going a different direction. But one of the talking points that I had was that Cam Kinchins from Miami was somebody that I would consider here because of the reasons that you mentioned. I, I think that they 
will be in need of a high-impact safety. They don't want to lose what Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer have meant to that team. They don't want to see that position fall off a cliff in any way. And I'm not saying that it has yet, but they don't want to get to that point. So investing in some really talented players like Cam Kinchins or uh, or Tyler Newbin makes sense. Ultimately, I went with Keon Coleman. I went with wide receiver. Uh, I was recently on a Buffalo Bills show. They were talking about some of the mock draft stuff. And when we were discussing prospects, they said, when are we going to get a wide receiver mocked to the Buffalo Bills? They're like, it's always safety. It's been safety so far. And uh, I think safety is obviously a good pick. But just for those guys, I'm giving them a wide receiver here because I do think they need it. I think they need another big time wide receiver um, opposite Stefan Diggs. And so, yeah, an offense with Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis and Keon Coleman and uh and uh Dawson Knox and, and Dalton Kincaid, like whew, Josh Allen throwing the football. That's a lot of weapons, my friend. So I went with Keon Coleman for the Bills. Right. And I mean, there's something to the fact that Gabe Davis will I I yes, Gabe Davis is a free agent after this year. Yeah, I so, yeah, okay. All right. I mean, listen, I'm in on your on your pick there. So Cowboys our Cowboys are our next team mm-hmm. here. This is where I went with Xavier Leggett because when you watch the Cowboys, Cooks is fine at this stage of his career. CD's a star. Gallup, I always say this, and then he finally has like a good week after I say it. But Gallup has not been what Gallup was when he got hurt, like since he got hurt and came back from that, and they paid him. Mm-hmm. Leggett brings that nature to their offense of let me get the ball in his hands and he could Debo this kind of play. Like he could break three tackles and just run 100 miles an hour down the field. So for the Cowboys, I still think they need more pass catching talent and size and speed. And he checks all those boxes. Damn, I'm looking at the Cowboys free agent because I didn't think any of those guys were free agents upcoming and they're not. Um, But they've got... Tony Pollard, Stephon Gilmore, Tyron Smith up this year. And then next year, 2025, is not only Brandon Cooks and CeeDee Lamb, but also Dak Prescott, Zach Martin, Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons. Dang. This Cowboys team, they're going to have to make a lot of decisions. They're going to have to make decisions this offseason for what they can do next offseason as well. So, on the surface level, when you said wide receiver, I was like, ah, like, I don't know about that, but it's closer it, than you think. It is a little, it is certainly closer than I think. I went with corner here and I went with a player who, Connor, I recent, I, I recently rewatched Nate Wiggins from Clemson since sure. he kind of came back from his injury. And Nate Wiggins could very well be CB1 in this class. And like, he's looked I, really good. I still like Kool Aid McKinstry a lot because I feel like he is just such a, calculated smart cornerback but the physical gifts and the movement skills that Wiggins has the way that I explain it is I don't know if there's anybody in this class more suited for a coach to say see that wide receiver go make sure he doesn't catch the football than Nate Wiggins and when you have that kind of title to you you've got the opportunity to be the top corner off the draft I even feel like he's played with strength a little bit better than he did last year, which was a big concern of ours going into the year with him being six foot two and only 185 pounds. So man, I just kind of wanted to shout him out. I gave him to the Cowboys here, getting another corner opposite Trayvon Diggs. 
Whew. Nate Wiggins and Trayvon Diggs. That'd be a hell of a fun cornerback duo. But um, just also wanted to shout out how good Wiggins has been playing this year and uh, how I want to get it on people's radar. He he could be CB1 in this draft. He really could. He really could. No doubt. He's um The size and athleticism is there for him to make that jump. So then we go to the Steelers at 23. I'm going to check. Okay. So the, I pulled a Trevor here and I did double up on this okay. one. Wow. What did that pull? That's, that's pulling a me. That's, that that's what I'm known for. That's I, my yeah, legacy. That's your, <laughs> your <laughs> podcast legacy. Loving a fit twice. <laughs> oh man. Real he loved shameful. prospects too much, man. I, I kept Cooper DeGene in the same colors. Man. Oh, so did I. I have Cooper DeGene <laughs> hey, for the Steelers. Sorry. Right, it's just too easy. This one, number one, I actually think Joey Porter's played well as a rookie yeah, this year, but they sure. just they need more in the right. secondary. I, it can't I just agree. be Porter and Minka. Um, and Cooper DeGene is that chess piece of the secondary that it's such a dumb thing that we do, but it's still, I still, you know, see it. it like, he's a stealer, like, he's a stealer. He's in that AFC North rivalry with the Ravens. He's, Every he fits year, that mold so we much. need we need we need to keep this bit going where every year we have the he just looks like a Baltimore Raven. Yeah, yep. We yep. Just, we need to we need to keep that going this year. So I I, I don't I I'm not saying we're the first people to ever do that because it feels like it's very common with the Ravens, but we need to make that an official. Bit but we at least say out loud that like how ridiculous it is us saying that. Yet we're still gonna say it. Oh, it's true, though. You know, it can be ridiculous, but it's true. Yeah, Joey Porter Jr., he's, he's been playing well. We didn't really give him the shout-out that he deserved on the all-rookie team. I wasn't going to pick him over Devon Witherspoon or Christian Gonzalez, and we talked about those guys, but Porter Jr. Yeah, has tough had field. <laughs> some, right, he has had some really nice plays. He really has. But, I mean, Patrick Peterson, he's his age is showing. Uh, Levi Wallace, I, I, it's, I don't think that he's a starting-caliber cornerback or at least hasn't played like it recently, so – you're going to need to get younger anyways. I like Cooper DeGene as well. I think that this one uh, makes sense beyond just him continuing to wear black and gold. Uh, Houston Texans sitting here at number 24. Who you got for the Texans? So for the Texans, let me get down to my list here. I had a Mecca Buka, which right. is, you know, reuniting him with CJ Stroud, where he was oh, yeah. a really effective wide receiver. The Texans, it's the Texans are becoming a fun team to blueprint. They have it at quarterback. They have it at head coach. They have it at offensive coordinator. And you look at their offense. Nico Collins is a really effective size possession kind of receiver. Tank Dell can be your gadget explosive player. They got this in Robert Woods, but they know it's like the end of Robert Woods's effectiveness. They have a technician, right? Like you look at Stroud. Stroud is so effective in rhythm and accuracy and timing and Emeka Ibuka is a polished route runner that can eat up zone, that has strong hands, that always understands spacing and tempo. And that's why they worked so well together last year. So you get a technician in what looks like a skill group that is trending the right way for the Houston Texans. Yeah, I I, I like this connection a lot. I think that it makes a ton of sense, um, especially if you're moving on from Robert Woods, you could put Emeka Ibuka in the slot. You could put him outside. There's a lot of versatility that you could have there with Tank Dell. Ultimately, I don't think that Dell can be his most effective as an outside receiver. So I went with A.D. Mitchell. I went with the wide receiver yep. from Texas, who I really like a lot, who if you put Nico Collins and A.D. Mitchell as your outside receivers, 
and you let Tank and his elite stop-start change of direction ability to have those two-way goes and find that space over the middle, that acceleration as well, man. I know that him playing in the slot kind of opens him up to having to catch through contact a lot because there's just more players there. But to me, that is a formula that was very attractive to me. The Ibuka one does make a lot of sense, but I ended up going with A.D. Mitchell because it's more of a big-bodied guy on the outside who I still think can be a really great route runner, really good red zone threat. I looked this up earlier this morning because I was very curious. In the last 10 games that A.D. Mitchell has started, which goes back to the beginning of 2022 because he was hurt a lot last year, but if you just take the last 10 games that he has started, he's scored eight touchdowns in 10 games. Like he's just been automatic when it comes to scoring touchdowns. And, you know, I don't know if you guys knew this, but scoring touchdowns is kind of important in the game of football. So AD Mitchell knows how to do it pretty well. So he's who I went with there. Um, what team we got next? Oh, Seahawks. Seattle. We got Seattle Seahawks next. Yeah. Yep. Seattle. I went Jared Verse. I know you had him for the Rams. Mm-hmm. We're just, you know, clearly intent on putting Jared Verse. Uh, in the NFC West, in the NFC at West. this point, yeah. Seattle. You know what, Seattle? You look at they've taken a lot of guys for their front over the years, and some of them have been fine. And I, my thing is pass rush now. It's almost become like the front three of a starting rotation. You you need the third guy that's like all, that plays to a starter's level, right? Yeah. And Seattle, I think, is okay in this group, but they need more. And I think Verse can be a star. And I don't know if any of Seattle's edge pass rushers right now are going to be a star. They might be the running mates to the star. And I think Verse also fits the kind of athlete that they crave for their front seven. I think Mafe has been playing pretty, pretty he's well. Been, from, he's been solid. Yeah, from everything that I have, from everything that I've seen this season. Uh, I haven't gone through to really watch his tape, but it seems like there's been some really good reports out of Mafe. And, and you, they've got Nuchana Nwosu as well, but I do agree with you. He just got hurt, I think, which is, that's a tough blow for them. It can't just be, you know, oh, we've got two edge rushers, we're good to go. Like, no, I gave them the I anymore. gave them Dallas Turner here because I think that they would they love go. Turner because he is that more of that stand-up kind of outside linebacker I almost went type there. of yeah, rusher. I'm with so, you. you. know, we were close. I think that we were close to that. Verse was probably still left on the board, and I, obviously, like, you're a big Verse guy, as a lot of people are, so... It makes a ton of sense. I think Leonard Taylor's also in consideration for this spot. This is a team that a lot of people thought that Jalen Carter could have gone to. You know, when they picked Devon Witherspoon, they could have picked Carter because they, they really needed that interior pass rush presence. And I still don't really think they have that to the level they want. So if Leonard Taylor is on the board, I think that he's also in consideration. But my eyes just kept going back to defensive line. I went with Turner, but I think it's kind of an overall who's just the best player on the board there for them whenever they're going to come on the clock. Lions next up. Lions, I went with Kool-Aid McKinstry here. And I, okay. I really like your idea of Wiggins. I mean, you could really flip a coin here for either of these guys. Just get a corner with some size, an outside corner. The Lions, and it's, you know, sure, they had a, they had a stinker against Baltimore. It's going to happen. Overall, this defense has been really good this year. They have a star up front, Naden Hutchinson. Um, Brian Branch has been phenomenal as their nickel, but they still need another long-term outside corner, and, and Kool-Aid has been one of the top corners in this draft. Yeah, um, you saying, because I had corner for them, um, but I didn't have Kool-Aid McKinstry, and when you said McKinstry, I was like, 
dude, I have him on the list and I'm, I'm looking at my entire list and no, I, I had talked about him. Like he was player two and player three for a couple of these teams, but he wasn't player one. So never made the cut. I'm going to copy you here. And hey. I like, this is the pick. If Kool-Aid McKinstry is obviously still something that we haven't done or that, that I haven't named yet, this would be a player for the lions. No doubt about it. Not so sure that he lasts till this long. So maybe a Kamari Lassiter, a job from Georgia, Josh Newton from TCU, Maybe Kalen King, although, man, I just I don't know what to think about Kalen King right now. He's going to be a funky evaluation from Penn State. I mean, just truly elite single coverage tape from last year. And I, I know Marvin Harrison Jr. gets everybody right. His mentality and approach to covering Marvin Harrison Jr. was what worried me the most this past weekend. Like. He was scared. He was hesitant, and that is a man. That is a toxic thing for cornerbacks when you when you start letting yourself like have that doubt and have that hesitation. Man, corner is unfortunately a position that just commands so much mental toughness. It's like base. It's like the baseball thing, right? You know, you're gonna fail more than you're gonna succeed, but you got to still go out there and be able to think that you're gonna succeed against anybody every time he gets to the plate. And with corner, it's very similar. You know you're going to give up big plays, but you got to be able to just be like, ah, he got me. Uh, I'm going to get him right. on this next one. And for King, that was that was the part that really worried me the most, watching him against Harrison. And then you go back and you watch some other tape from earlier this year, and uh, he just he's looked more reckless this year, uh, just not as controlled as he was the previous season. And I, I don't really know why. But right now, that tape is night and day. And so... Like I, I had him in this spot just because back into the first round is more realistic than top end of the first round at that point. But uh, I agree with you. I think Kool-Aid would be a great, great pick for, for the Lions. What about well, Jags at 27? Jags at 27. Admittedly, the one I struggled the most with. So I always default to let's just have a little fun here. And I went with Xavier Worthy because okay. now this could also be, you know, day two situation with Jacksonville. They have a lot of pass-catching talent. They have Ridley. They extended Ingram. Zay Jones, we'll see how long he's there. He's not there forever when you look at his contract. Christian Kirk, obviously, is going to be there next year. This, to me, would be, for as his rookie season, worthy is your deep threat that's going to play in packages. Mm-hmm. And then year two, he's replacing somebody. that's le- You're moving money off the table and getting younger. When Trevor Lawrence can throw vertical in this offense, it's a lot of fun to watch. And that's what Worthy exists for. I think when we redo this exercise and go like perfect fit, there will be a need that stands out to me more with Jacksonville. I think their defense is pretty well-rounded. I think their offensive line, they just invested a first round in Anton Harrison. We'll see what their future is on the other parts. Part of me almost put Cedric Von Prahn here. Fortner's been up and down, but he's had some really good moments for a third rounder as well. So I didn't want to just completely kick him out. That didn't make a lot of sense. So I went with kind of a, a almost a luxury pick for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. No, I mean, it's 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 hard to see a spot for Xavier Worthy in a mock draft and be like, yeah, I don't like that. You know, he's just yeah, because his his speed is so tantalizing. It's something that every team is going to want to covet. So I ultimately, you know, I think, Andre Cisco has been playing really well this year at the safety spot. Um, 
I actually love Cisco coming out of the draft. So it's great to kind of like see him playing really, really well. Baller before he got hurt, right? If I remember he, correctly, he had, he had been hurt and he was even hurt at Syracuse. That's too. what I mean. But that, yeah, it, it, that tanked in, him in and around his injuries. I mean, he was awesome. So it's great to see that he's playing well. At the Speaking NFL of level. which Syracuse secondary, Garrett Williams makes his first start and gets the interception. Oh, did he? I didn't yeah, even see. I totally pick. missed that. Yeah. Arizona activated him because Murray tours ACL at Syracuse and he had a pick on a Syracuse had a weird run of secondary good talent football player, man. Yeah. Good football player. Yeah. I was happy I, for him. I went with Tyler Newbin to play oh, with yeah. Andre Cisco in that secondary. I think just defensive back overall, sure. they could go with corner. That feels like a, a, a spot where the Jags could really target that on draft weekend early on. Rayshon Jenkins, he's got one extra year. Like he's he's under contract through 2024, but I think they save about five, six million on the cap if they end up moving on from him. He turns 30 this offseason. So if it's something that they want to do, if he's not playing as well as they want by the end of the season, uh, I think Tyler Newman could be a great addition to that secondary and, and form a really great duo with him and Cisco. Ravens at 28, who we got? I went with TJ Tampa in this spot. And no, this also boy. goes back your to boy. the it's my boy. You know, Wiggins, that kind of a corner, a long corner here. They have Marlon Humphrey. Mm. They have some corner town, but they've also dealt with a lot of injuries here. This is a really good defense right now. They got speed in the middle of the field. They're playing very stout up front. At the end of the day, I still think they need young corner depth. And I think Tampa fits the kind of player from a traits perspective that they like at the position. I went with Kamari Lasseter for a lot of the same reasons. Lasseter's playing really well. Uh, He's there, that top cover corner now for Georgia. And yeah, I think the tape that has impressed me most with with Lasseter this season is when Georgia played South Carolina and he went up against Xavier Leggett. And Leggett is one of the most physical receivers in the country. He's one of the most physical receivers that we have in this draft class. And Lasseter was not afraid of a man. I think it's a little bit easier when you're playing at home, you know, and you're on the defense side of the football, you get the crowd on your side to play confident, to play strong, but he still did. And I won't take it away from him. He played very, very well that game. And he's been playing really well this season. So Lasseter, I won't say that he just feels like a Baltimore Raven, but we're getting, but we're getting there. There are hints of it. We might be saying that by the time it's all said and done. Miami Dolphins at 29, who you got? All right. So for the Dolphins, I went with the Marius Mims. As did I. As did I. It's like we podcast together multiple (laughs) times a week. Big, giant, fast athlete at the position they need most. What else do you want? That it's really unbelievable. It's it's really unbelievable. Like I find this so incredible because we're at the end of the podcast. Like this is where you could just throw a dart at the board for the Dolphins here, and we went with the same exact player. I don't even need to go further than where you already went. It's that simple for the Dolphins line. Yeah, a little tempted by Barrett Carter here just because it's like he's just such a crazy athlete that if you're going to do anything else, maybe for Miami, if you're going to veer from offensive line at all whatsoever, um, I feel like maybe linebacker is that spot. And if they like Carter enough, if he plays well enough down the stretch here to be a first-round linebacker, maybe you go there just because he fits that profile of more speed on the field. But if not... Just a crazy athlete with Amarius Mims and wherever the Dolphins end up picking, I think that they would love to get their hands on this guy. There's, there is no question about that. Uh, who we got next? Who is who's there? Oh, 49ers, San Francisco 49ers. 49ers. I had to go offensive line, and I went with your boy Graham Barton for okay. the flexibility, 
um inside outside this is a unit that they they need some young talent and you've seen some of the talent they've lost over the years but the niners are a, a total chalk pick for offensive line grab the best one here we've had a lot of them go off the board but i like that i like barton's fit on the interior for them as well i have them getting i, I have him with patrick paul um you put patrick paul on one side put trent williams on the other is just two giants that are on right the other sides of these offensive line. You know, I think that everybody is kind of in the conversation for offensive line. You know, you throw Jordan Morgan in there, but JC Latham, Amarius Mims, wherever the Niners end up picking, I think offensive tackles could be pretty high for him. But look at the defense side of things. And like, I think they're all right. Like maybe corner, but yeah, I, I almost I think did the same. Right. And I'm like, yeah, not really like sure. If that's the best player. Yeah. I was just thinking of like, all right, where maybe where else would you go here? And that was corner was the only other spot. Yeah, I think this this would be a good spot for like Kalen King to go because you probably wouldn't have to start him right away. But, you know, he's got a ton of talent. So it used to be a good spot for TJ Tampa as well. But, you know, hey, look, we'll get another TJ Tampa shout out because I'll get to that in a second. We got a couple of teams left, but. We're brought to you today by our friends over at Manscaped. It's taking a step up from Balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave that it has ever seen. This season, there's no need to toil and trouble. Manscaped's all-new handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the handyman was designed to give you a smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com, using the promo code PFF, and 20% off. That'll get you free shipping as well talk about this all the time but i'm somebody who i don't go clean shaven i just like to trim the beard up and this i mean the handyman is so perfect for it it's got the different settings for how long you want your beard to be it's so smooth there's no tugging it's just it's a great experience you look forward to shaving because then obviously you feel good after a shave but sometimes you're kind of like you are you're getting those nicks those little pains and sometimes you kind of put it off you won't if you have this product it may be spooky season but you don't want to scare people with a scraggly beard right so give them something that they want to look at with manscapes handyman for wet or dry use feel free to bring it anywhere and everywhere the compact design is has airplane friendliness to make it the perfect travel tool on the go as well being able to shave up to three days growth without a mess of a wet shave is priceless plus the beard hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel size package with long lasting battery universal charging a strong motor all that good stuff there's no trick with this treat manscapes got you covered get 20 percent off and free shipping using that promo code pff at manscaped.com 20 percent off free shipping at manscaped.com use that promo code pff for a look as sweet as candy get yourself the handyman from our friends over at manscaped got four more teams starting right here with the kansas city chiefs we got is the early prospect for the chiefs connor dallas turner it feels like they're missing this kind of edge player right mm. now a stand-up guy with speed and twitch and burst and their defense is solid but and i know you know this has been what frank clark has been for them but i'm i'm looking to get younger here in the spot and turner to me gives them a little bit more juice at pass rusher that they've been lacking on the edge i feel like that could be alleviated when Charles Amenahu comes back, but Turner's but, pretty freaky though. Turner's it's not like it makes it a Turner a bad pick. I just wanted to shout that out. Could yeah, be yeah that's a good call once he once he comes back. 
I, I went with wide receiver. I think a lot of people look at the Chiefs and they give them, like Emeka Ibuka, I think is a, a common pick for them. You know, I think I've seen Xavier Worthy as well. I look at this offense and I say, okay, they've got a lot of smaller receivers, right? Like they've got Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and the the power like contested catch red zone threat kind of a dude is Travis Kelsey. They got Noah Gray in the offense as well, but Xavier Leggett on this team. To me, that gives you like another skyscraper contested catch beast that you don't have outside of what Travis Kelsey's and even Travis Kelsey right now. Like, yeah, I'm not saying the guy doesn't catch your contact or anything, but he's so much more savvy these days. You know, he is finding that open space. He's getting those yards after catch. Sometimes you just got to throw it up and let a guy do his thing, getting a ball over a corner. And I think Xavier Gilligat does that really well. And not many players on the Chiefs receiving court do. So would love to see what Patrick Mahomes is able to do with a guy who's as good at contested catching as Xavier Leggett has been for South Carolina this year. Philadelphia Eagles at 32. Junior Colson, speed uh, in the middle of the field. In getting them in there. Nice. He's He's been awesome this year. I love watching him in the Michigan defense. This is my favorite time of the show where everybody tells me how he'll never invest in a linebacker. And I respond by maybe if you did, you're not playing Zach Cunningham in a season. You're trying to win a Super Bowl. Hey, so, go doors, go doors. There we go. Vanderbilt Commodore. Um, this is where I put your boy TJ Tampa, right? I mean, we kind of had sure. a scare last year. It was like, all right, Darius Slay's gone. No. What, what was it first? It was all right. James Bradbury's gone. All right. We're resigning him. Darius Slay's going to be on. Wait a second. Okay. Now Darius Slay's back. Didn't so Slay tweet like a goodbye. Uh, yeah. I can't, I can't remember <laughs> what it was, but it was like at one point in the offseason, it was like, all right, they're not going to have Bradbury. And then another point, it was like, all right, they're not going to have Slay. And now here, both of them are back for another Super Bowl run. We think he did say goodbye. Yeah. So uh, TJ Tampa, I think, man, he would, he would be fantastic for the Eagles, whether or not I'm they have you. either of these guys or not like the, the size Iowa State cornerback, if you haven't watched him yet, six foot two, over 200 pounds. He's got really good instincts in off coverage, but he's got that physical profile to be able to play press man as well. He has a fantastic coverage grade, 88.2 coverage grade this season, which is a career high, but it's not like it's a career high way out of nowhere. I mean, he had a coverage grade in the 80s last year, ton of forced incompletions. I think he almost has 20 forced incompletions over the last two years just because of those long arms and how physical he plays. So, man, I think that... Howie Roseman will have done it again if he's able to get a guy like TJ Tampa. But, hey, some of the other corners that we mentioned, Josh Newton, Kamari Laster, I think that they would be in play here too. Going to the second round, we got two teams that are picking for the first time outside of round one. Not for the first time ever, but for the first time uh, here in this exercise. Outside of round one, it starts with the Carolina Panthers. Who is their early prospect fit that you like here for the Panthers? Lad McConkey. Get out of town. Let's go. Lad McConkey to the Panthers. Give him some speed. Give him some reliability. I actually think the Panthers should trade for Hunter Renfro at the deadline. So, like, I kind of, I kind of feel you here. Yeah, and McConkey's got juice, man. He could actually run down the field. Tell me that Hunter Renfro doesn't lead this team in targets every week if they make this trade. Oh, he's, he's eleven targets written in ink all the time. He'd be the most, the quickest fantasy waiver wire. Blow the fab budget. He's getting five catches for 54 yards every single week. Seven catches for 54 yards every single week. 17 catches is what you 17. Mean. They He's would rename Alvin Kamara. They would rename this guy 
Hunter Cooper Puka Nakua Cup Renfro. That would right. that would be that would be this man's name if he was Free a Hunter Renfro. Panther. So that is that is hilarious. I actually like. I mean, that's a good fit. It's a good. I, I, I really Xavier, do like it. I have Xavier Worthy here. I think the fit would be fantastic. Obviously, getting Xavier Worthy speed into this Carolina Panthers um, receiving core. You had him going earlier than this. I think chances are he will probably go somewhere in the first round. But I wanted to shout it out because I like this fit a ton. I think he'd be a perfect player for him. But hey, and that gig, Buka, hey, maybe even dude, your your boy Troy Franklin, maybe yeah. it, you know, t- perhaps he is a wide receiver that can perhaps at, at the top of the second round is a guy who has been a great deep threat for Oregon's offense this year. So I think those are a handful of names to know a receiver for the Carolina Panthers. Last team. Cleveland Browns, they're picking 56th overall right now in the middle of the second round. Well, not quite the middle. I think it's like the back end at this point, but who we got here? They're going to have to trade up for this one, but I just liked it too much to yeah, not Drake talk May. about him today. Yeah, and they're going to have to take Drake May because Deshaun Watson, <laughs> it's over. Perfect way to end this show after we... All right. Chris Jenkins was actually who I went with for them. Okay. <laughs> Bring the beef in the middle of this interior defensive line. I know they got some vets there right now, but Jenkins, it's so hard to run against this guy. And if you're the Browns, if you can move up and, and get him, man, that's a lot of power you're dealing with with this front. I think he'd be perfect for him. Yeah. I, you know, I have my picks, Brandon Dorless, the defensive lineman from Oregon, somebody who I also think could play you could play defensive end for him. You could play four eye technique, three technique. You put him even at nose. He's six foot three, 290 pounds. He's got a ton of strength to him, but he's also got some plus pass rush as well. The other guy that I was going to bring to the table, it was uh, Dante Corleone, the godfather uh, from Cincinnati. Somebody who has been a great run defender in our system over the last couple of years. I think that's just what the doctor ordered for um, the Cleveland Browns defensive line. And look, I I think their defense is playing great already. And so you could totally go a different direction with that. I know there's some worries about Jedrick Wills at the offensive tackle spot, but I don't know if you're getting a starting caliber offensive tackle or it's just hard to project one here at 50. That's the tougher part. You know, like I, maybe Jordan Morgan. I was going to say Jordan Morgan because the injuries that Tyler Guyton from Oklahoma, the uh, the offensive tackle there. He's got a lot of athleticism. He's not a finished product yet, but he might be somebody who the consistency might keep him from the first round. He might be an option for them in the second round. You know who's having a good season? Who? Uh, Javon Foster. He's yes. Having a, he's having yeah. a very, very good season. I'm glad he didn't declare. Look, you know, it's it's kind of the same way that we talked about Javon Foster, who is the offensive tackle from Missouri, by the way. I know we do a bad job of that. He's, We're trying to be better. He's a summer scouting OG. And he was – and it, it, we talked about it during the summer. His tape's great. Like, he's, right. he's, he knows where to put his hands. He knows how to redirect. He can really anticipate pass rush moves. He's just not super athletic. Like, if, if you are a team that really loves athletes, especially at offensive tackle – I don't know how high you're going to have this guy. So I feel like Foster to me was always a fringe day three, day two pick. Yep. But I mean, maybe he's a little bit higher now. So I, I love the shout out though. I love it's the shout like out here. This year's here. Max Mitchell, right. Yeah, It'll I'm go like, in the fourth round. I mean, and I like Max Mitchell. So I'm sure. Yeah. And we like Javon Foster. All right. There you go. Uh, let us know what you guys thought of all of the players that we had here. Going to your team. Early prospect fits for every single team. Tell us what you thought of the player or the thought process that we had of 
your favorite team, how we went about it. Let us know. Best way to do that, YouTube comments, youtube.com backslash at NFL Stock Exchange. If you are audio only, we still love you. You can hit us up on social media at Connor J. Rogers, at Tampa Bay Trey. We're reading all those messages there as well. But we would love to hear from you guys. When we do these exercises that involve all 32 fan bases, we do it because we hope that it gives you a chance, not only for you to hear us sound off on it, but it gives you guys the chance to kind of sound off it on it as well. Like a group hug. Yeah. Because... It's a virtual group hug. No, we need something more tough than that. It's it's a group arm wrestling session. It, it's like that uh, infamous, it should have been WWE at the time, clip. Isn't it when Stone Cold comes to the ring and there's like 30 people in the ring yeah, just kicking the shit out of each other? <laughs> yes. I believe is that. that the, is that the listeners to us? <laughs> yeah, yeah well, who's who there? But you said it needs to be tougher and cooler. So I, yeah, I tried sure. to come up with yeah. something with a lot of people. And by that, I mean like Mick Foley just, you know, taking nosedives off of the steel on, cage. That's what tax. I mean. That's what this podcast is like. What's it like listening to the NFL Stock Exchange podcast? Well, ask Mick Foley what it was like getting choke slammed off the steel cage. And that's exactly what <laughs> You ever seen Undertaker, Mick Foley, Hell in a Cell? Okay. <laughs> that's kind of what it's like it's just it's every comes out every monday and wednesday night it's not pay-per-view that's just... <laughs> we gotta wrap it up here that's We're it done. we've been going for like four hours this week that is the uh that is the wednesday edition of the pod we will back be back with you on monday not sure if it's going to be what matters most connor and i have talked about kind of pivoting a little bit not that what matters most is going to be gone for good but we want to get into more like draft preview stuff so Maybe it'll be a mock draft, but it it, it will be something it that could be. It could, could be, be Halloween themed. Oh, maybe we'll do that. Could be. I I like I like holiday themed podcasts. It's a weird thing of that I'm very uh, very big fan of. Okay. All right. Look, I could be into this. We'll discuss, and we'll get back with you guys on Monday. I'm Trevor Sikama. That's Connor Rogers. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening to the NFL Stock Exchange podcast. Whatever it is. We'll see you guys on Monday.